Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's 9.30 in 716. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazarowski. Outside cloudy skies, we've got 30 degrees in Buffalo. Another big divisional win for the Bills. Now the snap. Allen looks, looks, fires it downfield. Caught by Diggs at the air by Dawson. Knocks at the eight. Dives into the end zone. He is in. Touchdown. Touchdown, Buffalo. Dawson Knox was wide open. And he sailed over a defender to get into the end zone. A 24-yard touchdown strike. Dawson Knox flip into the end zone. Kick off the scoring late in the first half of the Bills' 20-12 win over the Jets. That was a first for me. Um, kind of made me think about that. Uh, I think it was against the 49ers a couple years ago when Steph had a great block. Um, I had to jump over a guy, but um, went a full flip. So thankfully this time I didn't land right on my head. Um, but I was just glad it, it turned out to be a touchdown. You know, he pulls him off a little cleaner than I do. Um, I got to learn how to go off one foot. I think I went off two. But, um, you know, anytime you can try to be like Josh, you know, good things happen. I like that uh, mentality. Try and be like Josh. The win puts the Bills at 10-3, and three, still on top of the AFC. They were preparing all week. Um, and that's really where it started was they were getting the right, themselves in the right mindset. They were putting the time in to come out and play with, with that type of fire. It was fun to watch. They got some help later on, too. Herbert fakes the handoff to Kelly, rolls to his right. All kinds of green in front of him, throws to the end zone, caught! Touchdown, Chargers! Mike Williams! 10 yards from Herbert. The Chargers beat the Dolphins late last night, 23-17. So that's some good news for the Bills once again. Uh, Miami taking the loss, which means when the two teams meet next week, even if the Bills lose, the Dolphins can't catch them with that one game. They were only a game behind, and uh, you know a win would have flipped everything around. But now the Bills have a little bit of breathing room, not so much from the Chiefs on the top of the AFC, but in the division. Uh, with a couple game lead over the eight and five Dolphins, but ten and three, not too bad nice. right now. Wasn't the prettiest game? It was late to get that first score too, but we'll take it. Uh, absolutely, and uh, another big one. Maybe the biggest game of the season this upcoming Saturday night at home against the Dolphins. Yeah, lots of people looking forward to that. Exactly two months away right now from the 2023 Super Bowl in the Phoenix area. Work is underway for the league and law enforcement to plan security for the event. Here in the tunnels deep inside State Farm Stadium, there's a room, the door closed, where federal agents, police, firefighters, and the NFL are meeting amid heightened worry about domestic terrorism and other threats. They're plotting out how they would respond if there was an attack at Super Bowl events. FBI Phoenix Special Agent in Charge, Akeel Davis. A Uvalde shooting, a plane crash. The NFL's Chief of Security says there are no known credible threats to the upcoming Super Bowl and building a security perimeter around this stadium will take about a month. Alex Stone, ABC News, Glendale, Arizona. All right, no, a lot of Bills fans already planning to make that trip. Well, jury selection set to begin today in the trial of a woman accused of running over police officers in an SUV 
during protests in Buffalo in the summer of 2020. Here's WBEN's Tom Puckett. What will Deanna Davis's defense team look for in finding jurors in her assault case? They're going to be looking for people who may have had friends or others in the past who've had some issues, um, who are, you know, more liberal. There are obviously a number of people who think that police officers uh, act uh, in a manner that's inappropriate. Attorney Paul Cambria says it's unlikely because you will find more law and order people in the jury pool. Davis is accused of striking police officers with her vehicle in 2020 during Black Lives Matter protests. What's the anticipated defense? Apparently her defense is going to be something like um, there was uh, gunfire, there was um, uh, uh, apparently tear gas and some other things, and she was confused. And there wasn't an intentional act on her part. State trooper Ronald Ensminger was the most seriously injured, suffering a broken leg and shattered pelvis. Hear more from Cambria online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. Tom, thank you for that. Uh, across western New York, some school districts buckling in for what could be a contentious few weeks. Here's WBEN's Brayton Wilson. Back on November 17th, the New York State Education Department sent a memo to dozens of school districts across the state directing them to retire all Native American mascots or potentially risk losing school officials or state aid if they don't comply. In western New York, a number of local school districts still use a mascot with Native American ties, including schools like Cheektowaga, Iroquois, and Salamanca. While the memo says school districts must, quote, immediately come into compliance, unquote, with the matter, many districts districts still have questions surrounding the timeline of it all. They had sent a memo out because immediately to me is tomorrow we better not use our our Indian mascot or whatever it may be. But I don't know that immediately would be the right term. What it is is by the end of this school year, Cheektowaga Central School District, being me, has to agree that we're going to move forward removing our logo of the warrior head. That was Scott Zip, superintendent of Cheektowaga Central School District. As for a district like the Salamanca Central School District, it lies on the Seneca Nation of Indians territory in Cattaraugus County. While they have a very close relationship with the Seneca Nation, members of the district support the state education department's decision to require districts to retire the mascots that have a native reference in one form or another. And while this does include Salamanca as the Warriors, there is a clause for districts across the state that could allow them to keep their mascots going forward. Here's more from Salamanca Superintendent Dr. Mark Beeler. State Ed has identified that school districts can collaborate and essentially have an agreement with a native nation or tribe and essentially get permission to either keep their name, keep the logo, and State Ed will then allow that to continue, or that's what we're under the understanding of. More on the potential changes being being looked into by schools with Native American mascots is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. All right, Brayton, thank you, and uh, much more on this to come throughout the next couple of weeks for sure. Keep it locked to WBEN. A deadly attack on a postal worker in Milwaukee leaving a community shaken. Longtime Milwaukee mail carrier Andre Cross went from laughing along his route on Friday to being shot and killed just hours later. No motive and no arrest yet, but surveillance video shows two suspects running to a silver SUV and taking off. Cross's brother just wants answers. We're hanging in there, taking it day by day. Andre is my little brother, and uh, we're hurt. Really hurt. A $50,000 award is now being offered in the case, one of a rash of attacks on postal carriers nationwide. 
And that report from Derek Dennis uh, has a lot of people shaken happening again over in Milwaukee. And crews are working around the clock to clean up a massive oil spill from the Keystone Pipeline in Kansas. Around 600,000 gallons of oil have drained into a creek. It's not known how long the pipeline will be shut off, but gas prices could rise if the damage is not fixed within a few days. Environmentalists say this could pollute the waterways. This could emit more carbon emissions. And I've even talked to some safety uh, pipeline safety officials who say it's going to take a long time to restore the area. When we talk about previous leaks, he told me that sometimes you got to take each individual rock, clean them, and then replace them back into the creek. So it could take years to actually clean up this area in Kansas. That's M. Wynn reporting. As of today, the price of gas in the Buffalo area is down to three sixty-one a gallon. Slowly, very, very. slowly uh, coming down here, especially as opposed to the rest of the country. It's 510 on WBEN. Okay, let's uh, take a look outside. Our forecast for the day, cloudy skies. We're expecting uh, temperatures to hover right around freezing today, low 30s for our high. Uh, we've got the clouds outside right now. It can be icy in spots, something to watch out for as you walk out uh, after that wintry mix that was falling all day yesterday. Should have some sun tomorrow, partly cloudy on Wednesday. We're staying in the low 30s for the next few days. Clouds outside currently 30 degrees in Buffalo, you know, uh, next Saturday for the Bills game, looks like some winter weather is in store. You know, uh, today or yesterday, excuse me. Right. Uh, look kind of ugly, honestly. Rain. Yeah. Rain in the Steady. cold is the worst weather to be in. I agree. It's a good thing they won, or else everyone would have been, bless you, very, very upset. Uh, but next week looks even colder, and I'm hoping, because I'm going, that it's mostly snow and not right. rain. Right. The rain is definitely a... It's worse. I, I think it's going to be a problem for the Dolphins. Did you know this? I, I read this. The Dolphins, they were playing in L.A. against the Chargers last night. Uh, it was about 55 degrees at the uh, stadium, which is not bad. It's not totally open air, but it's not enclosed. It's, you know, they got some airflow. Right. Uh, they were using heaters on the sidelines. For 55 <laughs> degrees? <laughs> they really? Had the heaters going kidding. on the sidelines for their game in L.A. Okay. And they're about to come here to Buffalo, where the weather is supposed to be pretty snowy, uh, maybe around 30 degrees. Well. I think that bodes well for us. I, I do, too. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Cloudy skies, a little patchy freezing drizzle this morning. Mostly cloudy this afternoon with temperatures in the low 30s. Tonight, partly cloudy and chilly. Overnight lows near 20 degrees. Tuesday, partly to mostly sunny with highs in the mid-30s. More of the same on Wednesday. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Mikowski. Sal Capaccio is joining us this morning to recap the Bills and Jets game. Bills sideline reporter for WGR. Sal, we want to know, I mean, you were on the sidelines yesterday for that entire game. How much of a factor was weather in this game? You know, I I don't think it was a major factor as far as the play on the field, but I think at times it did matter. It was a bit of a wet ball. Um, I think there were some drops that could be caused because of that. Um, It wasn't super windy. I think the biggest thing about the weather yesterday, though, guys, was it was just constant. You never got a break from it, right? It was some sort of rain, precipitation, snow, uh, drizzly weather, whatever. It wasn't a lot of wind. It was a little breezy at times, but you just never got a break from it. it. never came down in bunches, but it came down all day. 
the whole first half until the very end, I think a lot of Bills fans were asking, oh, what's going on? <laughs> what's uh, everything sputtering for both teams, but especially the Bills here. I, uh, Sal, I, I feel like the Jets it, might not get a lot of credit just simply because they're the Jets for having a, a good defense, and that's what the Bills were up against yesterday. This isn't your same old Jets, anybody who thinks it is. <laughs> this is a very, very good defense, uh, one of the top in the league. And uh, they have a really terrific defensive line, and they were really causing the Bills problems yesterday. They lost Quinn and Williams, one of the top players in the league, certainly their best defensive lineman. And I think that actually allowed the Bills to do a, a little bit more as the game went on. Um, the Bills kind of figured some things out in between the, the last drive of the second half and into the fourth quarter. But otherwise, the Bills really couldn't move the ball. And some of that's on the Bills. They made their own mistakes. They dropped passes. They had some penalties. Um, they just didn't execute well. But give the Jets a lot of credit as well. They have a very, very good defense, like you said. And they're going to be a tough team to match up with for the next few years. They're a good young defense. They have a defensive head coach, um, but they have they have nice players on their roster. So yeah, give them credit for sure. Um, but I think the Bills, you know, realize and think also they and know they have to play better than they did um, as they move on here and want to you know get to their bigger goals. Uh, you got to bring up Mike White here, the Jets quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can't deny his toughness. But to what end? I mean, he wound up in the hospital after the game. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you got to protect players from themselves. And, you know, I don't know what his situation was during the game, but obviously he felt and they were okay with him coming back in the game after getting knocked out of the game essentially twice, once by Ed Oliver, once by Matt Milano. And he was just crushed on those plays, really. Legal hits uh, to the chest, the ribs. It was a rib injury that we had heard that, you know, he's questionable to return. Then he comes out of the tunnel and he plays. And, I mean, look, football players are tough. We know that. You know, pro athletes, they're tough, what they have to go through mentally, physically, especially – in this sport and for him to be able to go out there and gut it out, he garnered so much respect from everybody, including the bills locker room. I talked to players that were just, yeah, very, 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 um, a lot of, you know, just praise for his competitiveness and his toughness. But, you know, you have to understand too, for Mike white, he's trying to, he's trying to show his team and his organization that he can be the man going forward. And unfortunately, sometimes maybe that means you put your own self in harm's way, but he's trying to show that he doesn't want to lose this quarterback job and he should be the guy that should stick it out. They should stick it out with, and to do that sometimes, you endear yourself to your teammates, and he certainly did yesterday with his performance. That Milano hit on White that uh, sent him down hard. Sal, it was like something out of a diagram of how to make a perfect football tackle. I I mean, it literally looked like the shoulder right in the midsection, like everything perfect. And Matt Milano, for a guy, I mean, there was question marks of whether or not he'd be able to go. He was all over the field yesterday. Yeah, he's he's had a I think he's had an all pro year, not just a pro bowl. I think he's been one of the best linebackers in all of football. He was questionable going into the game. He did not practice all week until Friday. He has a knee injury. Um, you know, I was kind of watching him here there after plays. It seemed like he was toughing it out himself, by the way. Um, you know, he's kind of just gingerly walking off the field a few times, but not only did he have that hit, he had a fumble recovery and he led the team in tackles with nine. So he just continued to play outstanding football, which is what he's done all year. Speaking of plays, um, that drive that ended with the Dawson Knox touchdown, I mean, for him to get into the end zone, that that was pretty amazing. But his work on drawing that offside penalty ahead of that (laughs) really, you know, extended it. It was even more critical. Yeah, I don't know if they even go for it, actually. I think they were trying to draw them offsides, and that's what happened, right? The Bills might have actually wound up punting in that situation, if I remember correctly, where they were. I think they were too long for a field goal. Maybe they would have gone for it, but it seemed like they were just trying to draw them offsides, and they got what they wanted. C.J. Mosley jumping over the pile. It's funny, after the game, we were talking with Deion Dawkins, who said that's something they do, and I think Josh said this in his postgame presser, that's something they do at the end of every week, like a Friday or a Saturday, they run that play just in case they're in that situation. And Dion said, 
Sometimes he gets his own offensive lineman to jump off sides because of his hard count. So, you know, good job by Dawson Knox. And then, of course, the touchdown to end the drive. I mean, to flip into the end zone like that, it, I didn't realize even until well after the game when I watched the replay again that he did not get into the end zone until he was almost completely flipped over on his backside. Like, at the very end, the ball broke the plane. He didn't get in the end zone in the initial dive. He got in the end zone after he flipped completely over on a 360. The Bills getting a little help late last night. The Dolphins go Mm -hmm. down to the Chargers, so now there's a little bit of a cushion there at the top of the division ahead of a a big game this next week where, you know, Sal, the Bills come in on a winning roll, uh, no matter what you say about, ah, the offense didn't look, you know, great. Well, they're they're still winning games. The Dolphins going in the other direction. For sure, and... You know, right now the Bills. I've I've had the question asked to me quite a few times since last night. Can the Bills win the division next week? They cannot. Um, but if they win it next week, you're almost almost securing it up. Uh, you'd have to then because the Dolphins could still win out, the Bills could still lose out. They wouldn't win the division. So I think they might be able to get a playoff spot next week if they win. But taking a look at the standings, um, yeah, the Bills have a two game lead. But the Dolphins did beat the Bills uh, once, so that's why it's critical for the Dolphins next week. If they were to beat the Bills here, um, then they would only have to tie in the division. They'd only be one game back, and the Bills have some tough games remaining. It's a critical, critical game for the Dolphins. They do have that cushion. The Bills, by the way, are also still the number one seed in the AFC overall. Um, Kansas City has an easier schedule than the Bills for the remaining games, and that's the team that's chasing Buffalo right now. Um, Cincinnati is a game behind, and the Bills play Cincinnati. So there's still a lot of football to be played. Four games left for all of these teams, obviously. And then now we're looking, guys, and I know you might have discussed it or you're going to, but it's looking like we're having a pretty like a snow event on this weekend from what I've seen uh, weather wise lake effect snow um, pretty uh, looks like it could be pretty rough. So, I mean, I don't know what to expect on Saturday yet. We're still a ways out, but it feels like the Miami Dolphins are coming to Buffalo and they're going to have to play in the snow. Whew, we've been talking about that with Aaron Mankowski. Uh, yeah. but, you know, just to be clear, though, even if the Bills win on Saturday night, they wouldn't clinch. Not the division. They might clinch a playoff spot. They will not clinch the division if they win Saturday night. That snow, um, Sal, did you see or hear on the broadcast last night? Uh, I'm not sure if you were able to, but the Dolphins were using heaters on the yes, sidelines in L.A. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, 55 degrees in L.A., and they're using heaters. I mean, if we get 55 here, we're breaking out. Like, we're taking off our shirts and going outside and partying, right? I mean, it's crazy. So, <laughs> yeah, you, you, you wonder. And, look, I just just by nature anyway, it's not just Miami and the Dolphins and coming up and playing there and them being from South Florida. Just the way they play football isn't conducive to playing in those conditions. I mean, they are a fast team. They want to throw the ball. They have those fast wide receivers and Hill and Waddle. Um, Tua doesn't have the strongest arm. So I think that just simply by that, you know, cold weather and snowy weather and conditions and elements would impact how they play, let alone the fact that they're not used to playing in that type of weather. I think a lot of fans are loving it too, Sal, after what happened to the Bills in Miami earlier this year, right? I mean, so we got a taste of your weather. Now come here and get a taste of ours. What does what does Aaron say? Is it gonna, is it looking really bad right now? What does he I, say? It's you know TBD right. a little bit too early yeah. to tell, but it looks like snow. It looks like Orchard Park. Okay, well, I mean, hopefully we're not talking about a, an event like we had in uh, the game that got moved. Like, to, 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 to oh, I don't think so. Like that. Doesn't uh, seem to be shaping up. Like okay, that. well that that's good. Um, yeah, you're you're right though. It's it's it looks like it's going to be a. Um, a typical Buffalo December game, and you're right. I thought about this too this morning, Brian. Which is, 
it's so funny. When the schedule makers make it, they look at it and go, well, we're going to have challenge Buffalo to go to Miami in the heat and challenge Miami to go to Buffalo in the snow, and we're going to get that on both sides. Love, Love it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait, uh, Sal. Enjoy this week. It's going to be a fun build-up to uh, Bills and Dolphins Saturday nights. Remember that, Saturday night, 8 o'clock, and Sal will be uh, part of the call on WGR uh, with Murph and Eric Wood. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 